one of the things uh, I thought about it is uh, expectations. Because when the word genius stands up, you know, you already think about the, the best uh, geniuses the world has ever seen as our measure and yardstick for genius. And we should start much below the very basic, simple things. Because uh, being a human is basically being a genius. And the fact that a child at uh, two years, three years learns to speak is an act of genius. Throughout history, the great questions have been asked, and great research has been undertaken, always expanding the territory of the known by shining a light into the unknown. Where is that cutting edge today? And can a community of people from all over the world, each carrying their own unique journey of discovery, come together to inquire at the edge of purposeful evolution through conversation? At Portals of Perception, we think it is possible, and we hope that you will choose to be a part of this exploration. In the most recent Portals virtual event, Co-Creating Humanity's Future 4A3, a group of visionaries and searchers shared a profound new insight that the natural inspiration and intelligence innate in all humans our inner genius is switched on, energized, accessible, and ready to play an active role in creating the way forward. The genius genie is out of the bottle. During this event, through contemplation and active dialogue, these visionary travelers uncover insights and new understandings about the unfolding next phase of evolution. These events are available on video at portalsofperception.org, which will give you the full sense of the energy and excitement captured when a group of young and old gather together to talk about what is possible. Join us in 4A3 of Co-Creating Humanity's Future. So welcome. So great to see you all. Many familiar faces, a few new. Welcome to the 4A3 of Co-Creating Humanity's Future. And we're very excited to be with you today. It feels like a new day and new information to join us. So I'm going to turn it over to Aviv, who will be our host, and he will introduce you to our wonderful team of young people that are here to be with us. And I do invite you to put your country next to your name if you'd like. It's great to see so many different countries here joining us. So thank you, and over to you, Aviv. Thank you very much, uh, Lisa, for this opening. And uh, thank you all for coming. Let's begin with, uh, let's just uh, still stay with gallery view without me spotlighted, because let's begin with our ritual of bringing all our voices into the room to say good morning, good day, good evening, wherever you are on whatever time zone, let's bring all our voices in, please. And do we feel ready to begin or to continue co-creating humanity's future? I think the sense of that is yes. I see Diego saying yes, absolutely. So let us just sometime we do this at the beginning and let's just take a moment to do this now one of the practices we applied in the first co-creating humanity's future was had the sense of we first need to bring the whole of ourselves the whole of yourself into this space body mind and soul and push for space so if you were to bring your two hands close like this you can do this with your mind if you prefer but you can also do this with me to the point where you begin to feel the, the warmth between your two hands. That's the energy field, natural energy field of your two hands. And take a deep breath and just extend all the way up and all the way to the sides as you release the air. And the, the mental intent with that is I'm making space. I bring myself fully right here, right now to this place, body, mind and soul 
and all the inner life, the community within, making space for we can create anything new. We've got to create space for whatever it is we want to create and find us. It's one more, last third time, deep breath. Yeah, just relaxing and scanning that if there is any tension anywhere, you let go and say, I bring myself fully here, fully now. Just a way to relax the area of the solar plexus. And great, this feels ready to begin. Okay, so let me actually begin with the end. And there is something profound that's occurring now. And the, it has the sense that it carries the potential to rewire us at the deepest level in terms of who do we understand ourselves humans to be and what is this place we call Earth is. And what we are discovering in this is that when we connect part to part that was not connected before, and we are the path, we are each a part of the greater whole. When we connect parts, part to part, that is when we come in contact with another person and discover what becomes conductive for us, we are able to sense in an even greater, more powerful, more conductive way, the, the sense of what is wiring and carries the potential to rewire us about our humanness at this time. So what are the odds that a group of some people who know themselves and some are for the first time meeting with each other, what are the odds that we will actually allow ourselves on two hours in the middle of Saturday on Zoom to feel into that, not just as words, not just as ideas, but actually as a living, breathing, embodied thing, embodied experience. Well, that's the invitation for today. So I'd like to ask you to imagine what would it be like if we've each allowed ourselves to be free, to be who we are fully, and that at the same time we give permission for others to be who they are and that we flow together to discover how when we connect part to part, we unlock new potential that perhaps we did not surface before. Do we feel ready to engage with this experiment? I'm going to go to see more hands, go through the pages. Can, can Yeah, I see many yeses. Great. Okay. <laughs> so with that, let me just share a brief overview of the flow of day. So today's flow, after these uh, brief welcoming words, we're going to bring the team to the spotlighted area. And we will ask that a few of the voices will presence what is alive for them as they, as we sense into this idea of co-creating humanity's future and inviting the, the brighter, wiser possibilities to find us. And then after 15 minutes of that, we will go into rooms. You'll be three in a room. So you and whoever and two other people with you to build on the, on the opening from the team and to sense into these ideas of what invites and inspires the genius latent in all of us. And can we live into this space right here, right now? A very brief, short experience just to taste the flavor of that in rooms with two other partners to begin that conversation. Then we come back from the rooms, we'll bring together some of the wisdom that started to appear in the rooms. And then we will build into the, a contemplative imaginary story that will frame five themes about co-creating humanity's future. And we will then transition into these five themes to five different rooms. You're going to be able to self-elect to be in the theme that resonates most for you. It means there will be some larger rooms, some smaller rooms, and there will be just discovery. The beautiful co-creative chaos of landing with a few people in a room and, and exploring an inquiry that will be presented. And then when we come back to the forum, we'll simply develop these themes and we'll conclude with some with a team and with some appreciations and with next step messages. So that's the flow 
for today. And now I would like to ask uh, our partners here, Ari and Ofer and Diego and Forrest and Enrique and Stefan to, we probably will have time for a few of the, your voices to, to help us sense into what comes alive in you about co-creating a space where a wiser, brighter future can find us now. Just a, pause a moment here and uh, let's see who is ready to get us going, please. What comes alive in you and for you about this idea of making space for a brighter, wiser future to find us right here, right now. Thanks for introducing this. And thanks for uh, offering the pause to let it in. In that moment, what uh, was alive in me was the, um, the sense of, um, of this experience as a possibility to offer entry points into a uh, through words, because we are here we are only images and sounds in this experience. And our physical presence is, our distances do not allow to communicate in different ways. But I believe that in this experience, we might be able to create these entry points to a bigger ocean. And the, this bigger ocean is actually our collectivity. So my sense was really to, as if we are kind of touching the surface, just landing on this surface of uh, this big ocean. And our words are access points, are not the end points, but just access points to that ocean. Yeah. Thank you. There is another voice that uh, is ready to speak to the sense of what is alive for you when we invite the space where a new, brighter, wiser future plays Ari. The thing that's coming up for me is, is acceptance, that sometimes that brighter, wiser future doesn't always feel that accessible to you, and that's totally okay. And I think um, just in the crazy chaotic lives we all live, it can be very easy to let that slip away. And just the realization that like at any given moment, you may not feel you have access to everything you want to have access to, but you can take small steps. Just even this morning, I was you know, not going to be able to make this event. And I was really sad about that. But I realized that you know, at any given point, you can have flexibility. You can make things work. You can take one small step in the direction of the future that you want to live into. And even if you don't know exactly how it's all going to unfold, there's still always degrees of freedom. And there's still always the ability to take one small step. So that feeling of, of acceptance, of being okay with not knowing, of being okay with feeling you've lost your way a little bit, but then taking one small step regardless. That's, uh, that's just coming up for me. Thank you. Please, Diego. I noticed that what comes alive in me as we talk about humanity's future and co-creating it, rather than something humongous, big, I come back to our intimate individuality and how in in the end it all starts right here right now and i feel a lot of care i notice a lot of care in, in my chest area um, for humanity's future but for each individual present also in this room and i am i'm aware that transformation is always in a way connected to individual transformation even if it's collective transformation and so the question that comes to me is are we open to be surprised about how we can transform ourselves deeply, care for our well-being, care for our flow in a way that we can also care for humanity's future? Thank you. I think Forrest wants to come next. Yeah, I'm just feeling lit up by inviting possibility. Thanks, Diego. It's good to be with you all. I love that we're talking about flow today. And I also love, Aviv, that you brought in the collective and the individual and the word that comes up for me in that is wholeness. So for me with flow, there's a lot of different kinds of flow. And I like to notice where's the flow coming from. And we've also been talking a lot recently about flowing more fully. And so with that, for me comes wholeness, how much of us is online in our flow, our internal voices, how many of them have come into synthesis, into harmony, into coherence, into a capacity for the, the internal collective 
to move towards a future. And that internal collective for me can also be mirrored in our external collective. We are co-creating humanity's future together. And so, yeah, I, you know, there's, for me, in terms of where flow is coming from, it's really fun to live in the question of what can we do through me and playing with accessing the superorganism of humanity and the collective mind and letting the intelligence and the genius we all are have its way through us, as opposed to needing to figure out how to have, how to co-create humanity's future opening up to and, and surrendering to the intelligence we are and letting it have its way through us as we embody higher order possibilities and uh, potentials for a more beautiful world for all of us to live in now and for generations to come. I'll, I'll try to build on everything that was said. So we each have a different way to translate uh, what is coming and that's why the plurality of us is essential to this process. And if I translate even now, I notice how in myself, I'm looking at my screen and I see a lot of uh, dear males around me. And I notice how I had a, a choice to make <laughs> because I could connect to some sadness that is attached to this fact. <laughs> or I could actually say, well, we are still a plurality here. We are still many individuals with great intentions that operate within an agreement to try and co-create the future and co-create a reality where we can each be ourselves. And that is something honorable and that's more important than me giving in to, to sadness or to this uh, feeling of how did we end up in the screen? <laughs> so, and I think that's actually a very important part of co-creating humanity future is actually being very active on our choices on how we treat each other and what we allow each other to bring in thank you stefan any any word from you please sharply a lot has been said and what's staying with me is what is it what is it causing inside me right now what am i experiencing in result or in connection to that and this gesture of just giving myself, giving my brain, my heart more of this experience, any qualities, any spaciousness, calmness, well-being, I'm just sinking into it. That's what's happening inside me. Thank you. So great. Uh, thank you for these uh, openings. You all brought us exactly to the space we wanted to and needed to being even even though we didn't even know it, to now bring everybody into the conversation. So I'm just going to bring back the slide for a moment. The invitation is to build on what we've just heard through the presencing from the team, the, the sense of being ourselves, being free to access our feelings and anything and everything that, that arises with us, with these terms, these questions offer an entry point. And we are asking you to use these questions, not by way of distancing or separating from yourselves, but find a way to use these as openers, as stems to grow, and at the same time, be free to flow with how you feel is naturally arising for you. What invites and inspires the genius latent in each and everyone and in all of us? And can we live into this space right here, right now? It's going to give, me, give you a moment to feel into these inquiries. And can I ask Ofer actually to also read these with your voice? So there is a feminine voice framing this as well. It comes through a different part of the brain, please. What invites and inspires the genius latent in all of us? Can we live into this space right now, right here? Can we live into this space right here? right now let us uh, find ourselves in a room with two partners for 12 minutes to discover what comes alive in your room please lisa and we are all uh, back in the main room and we want to uh, bring forward some of the wisdom and the intelligence appearing in the room so if we can please see 
showing of hands if you're ready to share a brief flavor, a brief taste of something that appeared with you in your room, please. We are going to go to Theodora first, please. Yes, hi everyone. Well, we were with three ladies from different places and uh, what an interesting question, what a revealing question because we asked ourselves whether maybe there is not one genius in each one, but maybe many geni- genii, geniuses. Another thing is uh, that for this natural genius to appear, we need uh, to have around us people that believe in us and they transfer this belief and this uh, space and also their genius. Uh, like I'm teaching uh, young children, kind of 12, 15, and if I ins- I'm inspired about something, they get inspired. So to show that there is genius in the human being. Another thing is that sometimes it takes another person to witness it, to observe it, to notice it, that this is a genius, because when we are moved to do things, it's just natural for us and we do it and then we might develop it and grow it into something very special. So thank you. What was the sense about um, living into these possibilities and potential right here, right now? What, was, there, was there anything that, that emerged with that in the conversation? Well, a part of it was that, at least for me today, it was like coming together, this realization that it's not one genius. It's many geniuses in each one of us. And like uh, when I would be 20, I would never think that I would grow now at my age to have a genius in compassion. But it happened. Life allowed it. Opportunity was given to allow it to happen, for instance. So that's, yeah, part of it. Thank you. Let's bring in, please, uh, Nusha. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, you are. Thank you, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, our group, we had a really rich conversation, the beginning and the end. And I'm just echoing the, just the summary of the last person that spoke with, which was really powerful in that within each of us, we have, I think as Forrest was mentioning, this genius. And it's about allowing it to come out. And so what invites that is, you know, our own acceptance and our own allowance of it to come out and the awareness that it's there as well as I think as Theodora was mentioning, like others can inspire it to come out to play as well, which is nice when we're in community. And then there was a person in our group that mentioned, yeah, and then there's this adult side of us that, you know, gets in the way and judges and criticizes and all that stuff. And it's like, yes, that does get in the way. And what was shared is that the that adult side is really the structure, the container, and oftentimes it can provide the wisdom of what works and what doesn't. Because as a child, we're, you know, doing all kinds of fun things and some of it might not be so smart, but as adults, we have that discernment. So it's actually so beautiful, the place that we are in right now, because we have that beauty and that genius inside of us. And at the same time, we have the container and the structure and the wisdom to see what works, what doesn't. So the importance of sharing our truth in the moment because it can inspire others and other things can start to open up. Beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, so we're going to bring Shalom as maybe the last voice in this round or maybe one more after you from the team, please. Hello there. Good to be in this space because uh, I start feeling that uh, my genius is getting out of the bottle. <laughs> One of the things uh, I thought about it is uh, expectations, because when the word genius stands up, you know, we already think about the, the best uh, geniuses the world has ever seen as our measure and yardstick for genius. And we should start much below the very basic, simple things, because uh, being a human is basically being a genius. And the fact that a child at uh, two years, three years learns to speak is an act of genius. And I heard somebody said about uh, to do with creativity, which is very much linked uh, with the idea of genius. Uh, somebody said, you think you are not creative? Did you ever solve a problem? So this is a good place to start thinking about the 
the genius that we are graced with. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, so let me build on this actually with, this is a great segue. And let me try and attempt an experiment that we've never done. Paul and I, we're gonna, gonna bring a slide. I'm gonna do this live. Yep. And in a minute, not quite yet, but in a minute, I'm gonna ask Paul to start playing in the background. And let me just explain what I'm trying to do, what we're trying to access in this. <laughs> this is an attempt to weave a contemplative imaginary story. I'm about to try to put few scaffolds to unlock and unleash our imagination and to then frame five themes about co-creating humanity's future. The space I'm about to venture into is often reflected on in what is called big history. I therefore want to make the distinction that what we are about to do is not me teaching anything, but rather me creating a series of scaffolds for us to imagine into this space, to contemplate into this space. So when we listen through our brains, we listen to compare and contrast and criticize, and it has an important function because we look to compare frames of reference. The invitation in this is not to compare what I'm about to speak to Yuval Noah Harari in his story of Sapiens, or to Francis Fukuyama in the way he tells the story of the development of government and social structures, but rather to embrace and come for the ride with our minds rather than the brain. So the brain likes to compare and contrast. The mind is curious and contemplative and has the facility of a symphonic arrangement where we can each bring not just two or three or four or five data points, but we can create a cosmology of meaning that invites body, mind, and soul, sensing, feeling, embodying into this space. So here we go. Paul, if you can join me with music, because that's a way to help us step into that symphonic arrangement of the mind. The place... This story begins is where it began for each and every one of us, which came to this world and appeared through a portal, through the birth canal, which is a, a portal, a miraculous portal for life. And I'd like you to imagine that even in the few minutes before the moment of birth, perhaps there was a, an intuition or a way of knowing available for us that we were going to come into a world where we would be completely dependent on the people around us, some of them ill-equipped. But we nevertheless trusted this first miraculous presence that enveloped us at the time of birth was the flow of life that we can also describe as the presence of trust, presence of freedom, presence of love. So we started, we, each one of us started this life on that line that we describe as the as was meant to be natural line of growth and development, where we can each grow to discover as Theodora just said, not just a one natural genius, but the multiple geniuses that are latent in us. And then there was always also another line nearby. That line that we describe as the evolutionary line is the line that right next to our personal growth and development opportunity, there is the bigger arc of the human story that forever sensing, prodding, nudging to higher or more advanced or more sophisticated or more fully embodied and connected range 
of permissions and possibilities. And this line that we call the evolutionary line, a line indeed where we open humanity at large alongside the human story, new permissions, new possibilities, new perceptions, and new intelligence and creative powers. And then sooner or later we recognize, consciously or not, that actually there was a third line there even before the time of our birth. That we already appeared, and actually even before that, that we view the evolutionary line as something that has a double helix movement to it. It's also, uh, it is always present to us from the realms of possibility and is concurrently self-arising inside out. And that there is also, there has always been the, the, the line that describes the condition of the, the human condition, the accumulated story. And more often than not, along that line, it aggregated to itself pain and trauma and polarization and reactivity. And it's almost as though instead of the third blood system that flows in our veins is forever the presence of trust, there is a conditioning, not just because of our personal trauma or pain that we have each experienced, but through the collective aggregated print of the human experience that we learn very early in life to, to be on the defense, to be protective, to see that we are not found at fault, to play safe, to be the adult serious that we're supposed to be as a way of guaranteeing ourselves. All those conditionings, they are part of the condition line. So I am presenting this frame now to consider a rather startling idea that we can metaphysically or imaginarily imagine that every time there is a new permission that comes and appears through the evolutionary line, we have a full spectrum of permission of how we respond to that. We may respond along the natural line of development as that potential wants to or is meant to be expressed, or often the case is that we are pulled by the gravitational pull of the conditioned line. And we could spend 20 hours unfolding this, but I'm just going to run by you four samples of this. At some point very early in the story of humanity, there is this unique, and we were already the preeminent species in hunters and gatherers, tribes, and then large-scale coordination and collaboration comes online. And part of that is expressed in what becomes known as the agrarian revolution, because we discover that the capacity to, in areas where there is fertile ground, to grow food. And once we grow food, we look to store food. And now there is a reason to get organized as a larger groups of people, all the way to even nation states many years later. And now we build armies to defend that food and we go conquering other places and their sources of food. So with the large-scale coordination and collaboration, there is a, a build of an experience on the condition line that includes elements like subjugation, oppression, slavery, and colonization and more. And you whoosh through time and you come to the 10th and the 11th and the 12th century, the beginning of universities in Europe. And what begins to come online is this sense that was available for the renowned philosophers even in the ancient world, but is now becoming available and activated for many more is that sense of the search for objective perception and fourth-person perspective, by which we mean, I see you, you see me, I see the way you see me, you see the way I see you, and we see each other seeing the way we each see each other, 
and then we step outside of that to see how we all look at something in the middle, that activation, that permission, that broader capacity is coming online. And part of that, as we come through the 16th century, activates the scientific revolution, the sense of objective measure. But then again, down on the conditioned line, we have our friend René Descartes who introduces the Cartesian separation between the objective world and the interior world. And he introduces and people around him at that time embrace very much the primacy of doubt leading us to the fallacy of separation, the Cartesian separation, the fallacy of separation, whereby we separate ourselves in our interior capacity to measure, to be sensitive, to cohere, and we leave that to be part of the subjective experience and canonize only the objectified or objective truth as something that's measured by instruments outside of the very sophisticated human machinery. The magnifying glass, later the microscope and the telescope and, and those other devices that are not part of the natural human machinery. Building in us that separation between the interior lives and the sense of something moving on the inside to the idea of the scientific objective truth. And we love science and we love so much of what it has enabled us, but it also left us bereft down on the condition line from the capacity to access the fuller, more integrated human experience. And now we flow through time and we come into the 18th and 19th century. And what comes online is a higher sense of creativity and a greater productive expression. You could say what was earlier permission available for only very few is now being unleashed through the propagation of a knowledge to the many. And you could say that at that time we are seeing that expressed in the unlocking of the Industrial Revolution. And what begins to power the Industrial Revolution is that we are discovering this magical thing. The planet took four and a half billion years to develop oil as energy stored inside the planet. If you like, the sun-like, solar-like capacity and power to burn, but unlike where on the sun, when you burn something, it creates more energy here on the planet, it consumes. And that unlocks extractive economy that burns in a very short order, a very short time, what took billions of years for the planet to build. And the permission that invited us to become solar-like, sun-like, the simple idea of which is to be inspirational for each other, to unlock the greater energy that never runs out, that is very much taken into an economy driven by greed, an extractive economy, and all the crises, energy-wise, climate-wise, dying ecologies that that unleashed. And then you flow through time into the 20th century, where we become fascinated with unlocking the core, the mysteries of the universe and the core powers of life. And we develop these sophisticated microscopes that enable us to see the subatomic structures and peer into the universe with sophisticated advanced telescopes. That is the idea of the 20th century, that we were going to become universal people. And yet down on the condition line, driven by fear, by pain, by trauma, by conflict, by subjugation, we develop the atomic bomb and all that comes with that. So this is not all doom and gloom. This is the realization that therefore, when we talk about co-creating humanity's future, we are forever called to do two things at once. We are called to do the work of healing and liberating and absolving 
all the trauma that the human story accumulated and we are called to do the evolutionary work that unlocks the new emergent potential. And actually to do the healing and liberation work at the highest level, we need to be engaged also in the evolutionary endeavor and to fully unlock the emergent possibilities of now, we cannot really access that without doing concurrently the healing and the liberation work by which we mean not necessarily getting ourselves locked in pathologizing any aspect, any one aspect of the human behavior or human experience, and not getting locked in the just activism of one issue as a condition that before we solve that one issue, we cannot progress to the broader healing and liberation and the broader evolutionary work. Instead, what we propose is that co-creating humanity's future is an invitation to integrate all of these aspects all at the same time and let the natural wisdom that arises in each and every one of us flow to where we feel is most natural and most important for us at any given point in time in the broader co-creative act. This is the contemplative imaginary story that now frames five inquiries as a way of setting us to explore these in rooms. The first room is going to work on sensing, intuiting, what are the evolutionary permissions that are arising now. We hinted that sense of the universal possibility of life. So the, the stem for room one to use as to grow is the evolutionary permissions I sense are now opening. STEM for room two invites the conscious evolutionary work that I, that we are called into now. The STEM for room three is the healing and the liberation work that I, that we are called into now. The STEM for room four is the community, the gathering of people, the community enabling both that double leap, the work of healing and evolution, the community that enable, that I imagine, speak to that. And the fifth room with the fifth theme, still very important, the best of humanity that we must preserve. This is a universe that is compassionate and loving and it loves economy. It doesn't follow the Maoist approach of let's first destroy what has been and create something new now. It wants to harvest and preserve all the best of everything as a foundation for what's to come. So please look at these five themes, five stems, and in a minute we'll remove the slide and Lisa will open five rooms and you can go and self-select the one conversation you want to be in. Thank you, Paul. So let us discover and build these five themes in five rooms. Go with the flow, go with what feels on for you. And we'll be 21 minutes in this room. So, And then when we come back into the forum, we'll simply build on this. So we're going to spend the next almost an hour in this space. Please let us discover in rooms. And we are all uh, back or forward in the main room. Apologies for the struggle on getting into the rooms, we'll learn and improve uh, as we go. What we want to uh, use the time, the next 15 minutes or so, is to bring some of the themes that, that appeared in the rooms, in the various, in the five rooms. And so perhaps we can have a few voices ready to either 
not necessarily report what was spoken about in the room, but be in the flow of harvesting and speaking and continuing to speak from those five stems in the collective space here. So uh, please, let's see a uh, showing of hands. Uh, Kiriaki is ready to get us going, please. Hello. In our room, there was an honest um, exchange of how we register really new permissions coming online. And um, some people referred to what they feel, let's say, in their work environment, that, for instance, technology is changing focus. Other people focus more in the societal permissions, that um, there is more chance now and possibility and wish and will for togetherness and for different emerging collectives and people coming together in different ways than before. There was also an interesting insight about the new generations and children coming more mature and charismatic and tasked with a function to offer a service in the world and maybe to share wisdom that is beyond, much beyond the rage. But also there was an insight that older people as well feel rejuvenated and open and sensitized to new possibilities that never before they could feel. So there was a weave and a very flowing weave actually about how each experience this new emerging permissions inside us and around us. So it was a really useful conversation. Beautiful. Yes, a sense that uh, when new permissions open up, they are experienced in a whole range of ways in different facets and domains of life and with different generations, each in their own unique way and with each person in their own unique way. So thank you. Uh, let's please bring Enrique and Beth together. So we are three of us here. Please, Enrique. Great. So yes, the, um, the sense in the room was uh, a first understanding why we were all called to that room. What was the sense that brought us there? And, and on my mind, it was a lot about responsibility, uh, taking responsibility for the world's healing or the world's health, the world's liberation. But on towards the, the end, we realized actually that is not only responsibility, like the sense of responsibility for the collective starts from the from an urgency to heal one's own scars, one's own fears, one's own shadows. And that's I mean it's not a, and doing this work heals also the collectivity. And it was in this sense, I and mean, this is something that we heard a lot about because you know when you are uh, we need we cannot heal the world if we cannot heal ourselves. But I think what's the intelligence that came from the conversation that I want to carry back home is the fact of to listen to what's inside of us as a what's the remedy, what's our own individual remedy, what inspires us to be healed in us and each one of us has his own remedy. And uh, there sometimes those remedies come also, we hear them from wise people outside. And maybe years and ago, that was the way we could We were listening to healers or wiser people. But today, I, I feel that these remedies need to start from inside of each one of us. And we are our first wise to be listened to and uh, that we need to listen to and we need to and we do listen ourselves by listening also the others of course but yeah there was a sense i found it very very interesting you're inviting us to recognize that we that is you that is each and every one of us you are the wise person you've been looking for when you listen inside so it's almost like we were in the same conversation enrique because we took it on um, a different avenue into the same picture 
And one of the things that was turning up is that, well, two things that are main. One is that before healing was done through a person or something they worked with, but now the healing actually is, seems to be more, you can heal local issues, but the healing seems to be more from the evolutory line. What's coming in is doing more of the healing. And one of the things that we were talking about is that in the community sense of it, that it's a lot to do with the ecology. What is it that is allowing the willingness, the openness, the change? And one of the big changes is that some of the healing, I apologize for the noise, some of the healing is not necessarily coming through the elders. It's, it can come in through the children. It can come in through anybody, but it's a collective of something gathering instead of a singular something. And the more of it comes from the evolution, the change of things where this individuality part of it is just the entry into bringing that into the ecology so whatever can heal can do that. So it's almost like we were in the same call <laughs> conversation. You are in the same conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Let's see if there are any other voices at this point who are ready to come in. Voices we perhaps have not heard yet from today, from other rooms, voices from other rooms. Okay. Av Shalom, please. I was in the room dealing with a conscious evolution, challenging thing to think about. And after we've been going through uh, some views and consideration of it, what has emerged in me now is uh, the simple question, what do I want? It's, it's as if a simple question, but I realize now that it is such a profound question because in answering the question in myself, what do I want? It gives birth to intention and decisions and choices and the resolve, you know, a set of things which are being generated within, within a person, within a life. And this is a conscious effort that one can do between oneself to oneself. And I never realized how significant it is as an invitation to the process of evolution, as a permission in itself. First of all, a permission to oneself to have a vision, to have an intention, to want a future to be different or new or better than the one we are having now. And the profound impact it has not only on one's life, but on the possibility of something new to emerge. So newness is not just a permission from outside, but it's given birth to in the womb of oneself. And this may allow a new future to emerge. Thank you. You give me a segue to bring one more slide for just a moment, and then we'll have Rivka, and then we'll have the rest of the team joining us in a space. So here is a way to name to give names to some of the new permission. This is not us answering. It's just uh, us giving names. That one way to think about, see, Homo sapiens, actually Homo sapiens sapiens, Homo sapiens was not very sapient, which is part of why we find ourselves in the, the predicament of now. The idea of Homo universalis, no, the, the idea of Homo solaris, is the human that was coming online in the 19th century. That was largely used, and I'm not using the term or Homo solaris in a science fictional way or in the context of colonizing the solar system. It's a way to sense, to feel into the idea that human life can be centered in a source of inspiration where we cultivate cause in each other, greater and greater inspiration, greater and greater healing, greater and greater capacities. That is the human living into its sun-like capacity. And that was actually coming online in the 19th century and partly unlocked the entrepreneurial energy that very much on co in, in the commercial arena, the commercial space. And also with some spiritual and philosophical teachings that emer emerged through this time. The 20th century was a run-up to this time now where we are sensing, looking to explore what does it mean to be a Homo universalis, how can we be a planetary human 
and at the same time live into our universal capacities. So these are not answers. These are starter inquiries that invites hundreds and thousands and millions of people into the research for now and for the centuries to come. We are inviting the idea of co-creating humanity's future purely as a conversation starter for many people that would want to explore these in, in other adjacent and parallel ways. So Rivka, please come to the spotlight and can we also have the team joining us? So we'll start with you, Rivka, and we'll already have the team with us in the spotlighted area and we'll simply flow together, please. Yes, hello. 21 minutes passed very quickly <laughs> because we, we really were in the flow. And uh, we landed with the note that uh, to preserve the best of humanity, we need to come together. It's not, uh, we can't think about it as a me, what I want to preserve, but we need the, how you call it, the co-creative communities. And uh, we just started to touch on uh, all those dear things that we we see the importance of preserving them to have a future. First of all, you, you said Homo universalis is still human being that we live on the planet. So we need to preserve the planet and all life in the planet. And what do we need to do in, to, allow this, to allow this to happen? This is one thing. And all the things of human qualities and we emphasize human qualities and human technology and the greater symphony that human is, as a first, we need to consciously choose and give emphasis to this rather than, how to say, uh, embrace technology as if this is, will solve all our problems and this is the new Messiah. <laughs> uh, so human first, humanity first and all the great things that happened through, through the history, the different arts, the humanities, and all those things that only human can do. The human is a toolmaker. Uh, the human is a visionary. Uh, the human and the greater realms beyond us and the communication. Uh, yeah, so these, these and more things came up. Thank you. So do you mind staying uh, here with us? So Ofer is not uh, the only one representing the feminine universe. And, and Forrest was going to nominate one or two other young next generation leaders, a feminine universe to join us. Who, who would you want to, who did you want to invite Forrest, please? Aiko and Oriana. Please, let's have you spotlighted and bring you to the, let's get some feminine power here in on the, yeah, exactly. Okay, that's so... That's the kind of picture I like seeing. Okay, yeah, that's the kind of picture I like seeing too. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a um, little less than like eight minutes or so because we have some wrap-up, but uh, any closing thoughts, really not closing, but any thoughts or any appreciations or any comments from every, anybody on the, in the spotlighted area? What's alive with you at this point? having been on this journey uh, here with us, please. I would like to say, I feel a lot of aliveness in my heart right now. And this, yeah, our interest or our commitment towards like genius and now in the future really resonates with me, um, especially this week. And I would like to appreciate the scope and magnitude of all our geniuses in this room and I cannot wait, but to really live 100% of it in this, yeah, now and days to come and years that we do not know and don't know if it's coming, <laughs> but know that it's in the now right here. So thank you. Thank you. I think we demonstrated it throughout the call. So when I started and I said my opening kind of a sensation and I was pointing out to the fact that I made a choice to kind of try to move from the condition line that was knocking on my door and move to the as it meant to be line appreciating each person as a unique uh, genius 
And then now we're closing with the fact that we have the possibility as a collective to also help each other bring in what's meant to be. And this is demonstrated by the picture that we see on the screen at this moment. So I think it's a nice cycle and it's also a great demonstration of how we can co-create. Thank you. A sentiment that I want to bring that happening right now, right here, is uh, to believe that uh, we can do it and we mm. can change and not to be so bewildered about what we see that is like galloping towards us, that we can do things and we can choose and be conscious about our choices like you framed one of them to be part of a conscious evolution. Yeah. So I'm going to be daring and I'm going to call some names. And if you feel ready to respond, please do. And if you want to pass, that's okay too. But I've never heard Ariana's voice. So I'm really keen to hear something from you. Thank you, Aviv. I would love to share. What's been coming up for me throughout this whole call is just this kind of like an oceanic energy of creation happening below all the conversations we've been having. And then the sensing that I have of the genius is like this gold thread flowing through the creation. And I've been really identifying and sensing into what that gold thread is in my life, which direction is that gold thread guiding me. And yes, yeah, it feels really alive in this space right now. And I just feel the call to invite us all into feeling what that gold thread is underneath us and where it wants to go in this moment and every now moment. Thank you. Thank you very much. Diego or Stefan, do you want to build on any of that, please? I think what I, what I'm, what I can build on is what everybody can build on. You know, when you have access to this new or pre-existing inner resources, through this call, there's this momentum of collective and individual energy, then in a few minutes, the call is stopping, but this energy is still here. What does it mean for you? What are you going to use the momentum of this energy in your life for? And I invite you to intend to see if it's possible, if maybe nothing needs to be done to stay connected to this momentum. momentum. And bringing to connection with people, bringing it to action. The first idea, the first emergence that's there is the right one to follow. And uh, that's the state I feel I'm into right now. And that's what I'm going to continue with. And as we act or connect from this space, we bridge what we had today as an experience to the next moments we'll have with these people or with the, these actions that we're we're enacting, right? So we'll take this space with you. Thank you. Yes. Diego, I think you were going to come in, please. Yes, absolutely. I was <laughs> going to say precisely the same as Stefan. It's having having the sense of, of fullness, of collectivity, and, and realizing that we are, as individuals and as a community, always in this state of of coming to the future of coming to the present and constantly emerging the future as we walk what if everything we need is already here to take our our next step into the future so yeah let's go as individuals and as a collective to to bring about a better future thank you yeah beautiful one of the characteristics one of the natures that i'm experiencing is when we are in this space that you are all describing with this kind of flow you get two seemingly opposite natures, but they are not opposite at all. They are actually ambidextrously connected. Each person is so fully themselves, their own unique genius, nature, and strength, and, and whatever it is that comes through them. And at the same time, you can hear person by person speaking, and it's as though they, the voice that speaks, they are representing something bigger than themselves, and, and anybody else could be saying the same words or communicating or emitting or emanating that very energy. So the, there is an, a collective intelligence or a mutualized intelligence when we are in this space that expresses itself through us individually 
and at the same time, in a unified way, bring us all together. To me, and I know it's been said, I just think it's so important to bring up the word hope. Because without hope, there is no future. And we all have a sense of the way that things are meant to be. And right now, there's such hopelessness and disconnection in the world. And when we come together like this, and I hear the voices of those who have spoken, and I can feel what others, what lives in others, it's the hope that we have, that we can co-create something different. And it all starts with that hope and intention. So I felt to put that in. Thank you for listening to Portals of Perception. If you're enjoying these dialogues, we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com slash portals. Visit portalsofperception.org for exclusive content. Please share this episode with a friend and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.